Um, now, well, guys, this is past week. They finally lit the tree at Rockefeller, right? Adding to the nostalgia of uh, Christmas in New York City. Here's a picture of it in case uh, you missed it, you didn't see it, you didn't go, you weren't crazy enough to go over there and, uh, and fight the crowds to watch uh, the Christmas tree get lit up. Uh, or if you didn't see it on TV, you have it. There's a picture. At least you can kind of experience it this way. Uh, like I mentioned last week, Christmas time is magical in uh, in New York City. There's something special about this holiday here in New York City. When you head into Manhattan and you see, you know, all the the pretty lights and all the decorations, it truly is a beautiful sight to see. And, uh, and now every store that you walk into, it looks like Christmas threw up right in there. You hear the music on the radio, uh, all, the, all the tunes that we like to hear, like Jingle Bell Rock, uh, Oh, Come Ye Merry Gentlemen, and of course, Little Drummer Boy. I was at the supermarket this morning on a ridiculously long express line uh, just to get you guys some bagels this morning. And uh, it was wonderful to hear all the music on the radio that they're playing. And that's honestly worshiping Jesus. You know, what's interesting is that in a lot of this music and a lot of these songs, there's an underlying theme of the music, and, and that is what? It's joy, it's happiness, it's glad tidings, it's good cheer, right? It's kind of the underlying theme of, uh, of all the music. After all, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap, happiest season of all, and there'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow, right? It's that time of the year. Well, I wanted to mess your Christmas up a little bit, guys. If you allow me, let me mess up your Christmas real quick. Listen up. Santa Claus isn't real. There. I said it. I don't care. You've been living your life following and believing a lie. And by the way, guys, reindeer cannot fly. It's anatomically impossible. They cannot, okay? It's impossible for them to do that. So I'm so sorry to bust your bubble. By the way, let me bust I'm really going to mess you guys up now. A lot of you went Black Friday shopping and Cyber Monday and all this stuff, and, and you're looking for those sales. You're going everywhere. Let me tell you, I got friends that work at a lot of those stores that you like to shop at. Those sales aren't really sales. What they do is they mark up the price, and then they put your precious little 15%, 20 25% on it, but they marked up the price. So you're not getting a sale. You're not saving on anything. And here you thought you were going in getting a big deal. That's what they want you to believe to get you to buy more stuff. You've been bamboozled. Did I mess up your Christmas just yet? Did I mess it up at all? All right, why am I doing this? Well, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm trying to illustrate something to you. You see, uh, for some, it may be the hap happiest time of the year. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, for others, it's not that way. How many have seen this movie? I, I saw, like, I think, like half of you had seen it. But I, I bet you everybody has seen... Uh, the original Grinch, right? The animated version. How about Jim Carrey's version, right? Everybody's seen that one. Uh, but last year, Illumination released an update, an updated computer animated version of Dr. Seuss's Grinch. And but I'm pretty sure everybody here knows the story of the grumpy, angry Grinch who hates Christmas and attempts to ruin the holiday and and ruin the the, the residents of Whoville. He dresses up as Santa. He drops down uh, people's chimneys and he steals everybody's tree and gifts. Now. Many of you know that the Grinch attempted to steal Christmas, but how many of you know why? Now, there's actually a, a reason for why the Grinch is so grumpy and why he hated Christmas so much. And so to help us understand that, I want you guys to watch this clip right here and helps us give us a little behind the scenes of why the Grinch is so grumpy. Okay, well, now you know why the Grinch is so grumpy during Christmas. How many of you feel a little bad for him? A little bit? Anybody at all? No? A little bit? By the way, wasn't that like the cutest Grinch you've ever seen? The little, like the little one, right? Oh my goodness, so cute. Anyway, 
Guys, uh, you know, I, I gave you that clip. I showed you that clip to, to show you that while Christmas time is the happiest season of all for some, for others it's not so much. You see, it can be a difficult to celebrate the holidays when you just got laid off from the job that you worked at for the past 15 years and you dedicated, you know, so much time to. It can be difficult to deck the halls with boughs of holly when you get a phone call from the doctor's office with the worst possible news that you could receive. Or when you've prayed and prayed for that sickness to go away, but it seems to never disappear. It's hard to have a holly jolly Christmas when your marriage is on the rocks or your kids are rebelling or you just got into a massive argument with that best friend because they can't get it through their head that the decisions they're making is leading them down a dark path. It can be hard to sing about a savior that is born in Bethlehem when you just got word that a loved one's health instantly uh, worsened overnight and unfortunately entered permanent sleep. How can you sing about someone's birth when your loved one is now dead? But it's the happiest time of the year. Well, not for everyone. And so what we want to attempt to do is to answer this question today. How do we find joy this Christmas? We want to open up God's word to see what it has to say about how we can find joy despite how we are currently feeling. But before I can do that, let me just tell you what this isn't. This isn't pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Don't be a Debbie Downer and, uh, and suck it up, pal. It's going to be all right. But I do believe that we can find joy in the middle of our circumstances and that God's word has a lot to say about it. So that being said, let's read our verse together. Romans chapter 15, uh, verse 13. You have it in your notes and it's on the screen as well. Let's read it nice and loud uh, together. You guys ready? Ready? Go. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Looking at this Bible verse, what are, what are some of the ways that we can experience joy despite our circumstances? And here's number one in your notes. You can write this in. If you take out your message notes, there's a couple fill in the blanks so you can follow along, take out those pens, and, uh, and jot this in. And number one is this. Joy comes through the God of hope. Joy comes through the God of hope. Did you guys see what it said in Romans 15, 13? It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Would you guys go ahead and box that in where it says God of hope? Just draw a box around that. Paul says here that God is the God of hope. And what that means is that God is the source of joy. And he's the source of hope and he's the source of peace. And that's good news because if you're lacking joy or if you're lacking peace or if you're lacking hope, then God is that source for you. You see, we can experience joy because joy isn't circumstantial. You can experience joy in the middle of your circumstances if you're connected, if you're connected to the source of hope. And God is the God of hope, which means that you can experience God's joy and peace despite your circumstances. Look at what Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says. You guys can read this uh, with me as well. Ready, go. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. And there's a difference between feeling sad and feeling upset and feeling angered or disgraced and experiencing joy despite all those emotions. It can be disconnected from those things because it is connected to the source of joy, the source of peace. 
It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. By the way, that's the only way you can disconnect joy from those things is if it's connected to the source of hope. And so the question that we want to ask ourselves this morning is, are you connected to the God of hope? Is he your source of hope? So often the difficulty with dealing with many of the things mentioned before is that God is the God of hope, but he's not the God of hope for you. And the reason he isn't the God of hope for you is because you've placed your hope in someone else. Or you've placed your hope in something else. Or you've placed your hope for that situation and in that situation to change. Or you place your hope for that medical diagnosis to be reversed. And when we put our hope in those things, it's a short letdown. Because maybe you might experience some happiness and some contentment when things go your way. But the minute it doesn't, all joy is out the window. And so the question to answer is, are you connected to the God of hope? Another way to see it is, is the God of hope your God of hope? Is he your source of hope? Are you seeking from it somewhere else? Number two, and you notice this, and that is that joy comes through ongoing faith. Joy comes through ongoing faith. Look at the verse again, Romans chapter 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you what? As you believe. believe. Go ahead and underline that part in your notes. As you believe. Sometimes we're so blinded by the things around us that it can cloud our vision to see and experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. For Paul to pray here that the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe shows me that there has to be a sense of faith we must have in order to experience this joy. And what that means is that in the middle of your circumstances or whatever is attacking your joy, you will need to have the faith to believe and say that everything may be looking cloudy and gray. It doesn't make much sense to me, but I'm going to have faith to believe God at his word that he is the God of hope and that he is my source of joy. And though outwardly I may not feel that way, by faith I choose joy and I trust God that he will give me a peace that surpasses all understanding. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this. Read it out loud. Ready? You have it in your notes. Ready? Go. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So do you have faith to believe that you can have joy despite your current circumstances? Perhaps you might argue, I can't have faith because of everything I see. Danny, everything that's happening around me. I can't have faith. Look at all that's happening around me. But you see... Faith isn't based on what you see. Faith is based on who God is. Has God been faithful? Is he true? Is God a liar? Or has he proven himself faithful over and over again? Then you can have faith. Not determined by what you see, but determined by who God is. Joy comes through faith as you believe. The circumstances around me may be begging for me to lose my joy, to lose my faith. But by faith, I believe God is good. By faith, I believe his word to be true. So I choose to have joy despite everything I see around me by faith. Number three is this, and that is that joy comes through the Holy Spirit. Joy comes through the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans 15, 13 again. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that you may overflow with hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you guys go ahead and circle where it says overflow with hope and then underline by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says that immediately, in an instance, once you put your faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God takes residence in you. In fact, you can't even come to faith apart from the active work of God's Spirit stirring within you awareness of your sin and your need for Him. And so with the Spirit of God working in you, you get, begin to experience changes. The theological term is sanctification. It's God's work through the Holy Spirit to make you more and more like Jesus. In fact, a couple of you have told me that since you put your faith in Jesus and you seriously started pursuing Christ, that others around you began to notice a difference about you. Your friends say you've changed or there's something different about you. I can't put my finger on it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. The Bible says that for a follower of Jesus, someone who genuinely puts their faith in Jesus, they are going to begin to bear fruit. In fact, look at what Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 says. This is a very popular passage in the New Testament. And look at what it says. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Go ahead and circle joy and peace in that passage. Because here's another reason that you can experience joy, despite whatever may be happening to you outwardly. Inwardly, God's Spirit is doing a work inside of you, and He's producing fruit through you. And some of that fruit is joy and peace. And by the way, some of you may be thinking, well, Danny, I'm not getting very much of this fruit at all. But then let me suggest to you to pray for it. Do you want a prayer that God will say yes to every single time? Then ask God Make me more fruitful. Produce more fruit in me. Because God is a, is a good God, a generous Father who loves to give gifts to His children. And so if you want a prayer that God's going to say yes to every time, say, God, I need more joy. I need more peace. I need more patience. And God will give it to you. Go ahead and ask Him, Lord, I need more of this. I need to bear more fruit by the power of the Holy Spirit. And watch how He will grow you more and more. Here's the last thing, number four. And this is the most important part as we wrap up. Number four is this, and that is that joy is ultimately found in Jesus. Joy is ultimately found in Jesus. And here's the greatest reason for joy. Remember, joy isn't circumstantial. You can have joy despite what it is you're going through. And the reason you can is because joy is ultimately found in Jesus. It's especially this time of year that we can be reminded of this joy because God gave us the most precious gift of all, the gift of Jesus Christ the Lord. And when you read the Christmas story in the New Testament, you read about the announcements, right, that the angels made to the shepherds out in the, full, out in the fields. Look at what they said. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It says, But the angels said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you what? I proclaim to you, say it out loud. Good news. Of what? Of great joy. That will be for how many people? For all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This Christmas, you have a reason to have joy. Amen. This Christmas, you have a reason to celebrate. Maybe you're experiencing some of the hardest times of your life, but you still have a reason to experience joy. And that is because Jesus is the Messiah. And that is good news of great joy for all people. Because we were dead in our sin and our trespasses. We were doomed for destruction and headed for an eternity, separated from God. But God in His great love and mercy extended the gift of grace. 
Grace is unmerited favor. In other words, grace is when you receive something that you don't deserve. And that's exactly what we get in God's gift in Jesus. And though we were dead in our sin, God sends Jesus to live the life that we were unable to live. To enter God's presence, we must be sinless. We must enter sinless, but we simply cannot. So Jesus lives a sinless life on our behalf. And the Bible says that our punishment for our sin is death. But Jesus stepped in and paid the price for our sin in our place. And the whole reason Jesus was born was so that he would be led to die for you and for me. And on the cross, Jesus shed his blood. He hung his head and he died. And it is that precious blood, the blood of Jesus, it is his perfect sacrifice that pays for our sins, that atones for our sin. So that when God looks down on us, he doesn't see our sinfulness, but he sees Christ's righteousness. And three days later, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ is risen from the grave. And because he is risen to life, we also have new life. We are no longer the same person, but the Bible says we are a new creation. And all you have to do to participate in God's gift of grace in Jesus is to receive it. Receive God's gift of grace in Christ Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus because he is mighty to save. Guys, the reason you can have joy this Christmas, regardless of whatever circumstances you're going through, is because ultimately joy is found in Christ. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here and they're going to lead us in one more song. And I'm going to pray with you guys because I know all over this room, uh, for some of you, you may find yourself in a joyous season. And amen. The Bible says uh, to rejoice with those that rejoice. And I rejoice with you. If, if your life is everything in abundance and everything's going your way and all the doors are opening. But I know for a lot of you, that's not the case. For many of us, we're going through a difficult situation. We're going through a tough time. We're struggling with a sickness. There's this hardship going on. You know, Melissa's, uh, this week, Melissa, we got word that Melissa's grandfather passed away. Because you imagine hearing about, you know, receiving bad news like this, you know, during the Christmas time when everybody's celebrating, you know, and, and you know, man, I, I got a Christmas party to, to plan for, uh, but you know what, there's a funeral I got to attend later this afternoon as well. And there's that, that's that dynamic that we have to deal with. But acknowledge and recognize and realize that joy isn't based on our circumstances. Joy is based on who God is. He's the God of hope. Is he the God of your hope? Is he your God of hope? Or have you been placing your hope in something else or someone else or for a situation to change? Joy is not circumstantial. We can have joy despite our circumstances. And so as the worship team leads us in this last song, I'm just going to pray with you guys uh, about this in particular, that, that God would help us through the power of the Holy Spirit to experience joy uh, this Christmas. And then uh, and then, uh, as they lead us in this last song, you can go to the back and partake in communion. Take the bread. The bread is representative of Jesus' body, which is broken for us. You can drink the juice, which is representative of Christ's precious blood that was poured out on your behalf and ours. And then you can uh, partake in communion, head to your seat and meditate and pray and ask God for joy. Ask him to, to bear that fruit within you, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, that God might bear uh, the fruit of joy in your life. Let's pray. God, while we acknowledge that this is a great time of the year for many to get together with friends and family and celebrate, we also uh, realize that it may not be the same for us or, or for some. And so we ask that you would help us see that we can still experience joy, though outwardly what we see is sorrow. Help us experience a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding by the power of your Holy Spirit. 
I pray that despite whatever circumstances, we might experience the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And God, I know all across this room, uh, man, some of us are experiencing real hardship and turmoil and strife. But I pray, God, by the power of your spirit, that we might experience joy this Christmas. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.